You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about raising strong and joyful families with Daniel and Christina M. Enneagram Threes. This couple pairing, which we like to call Truth and Love, the three with the three, is such a dynamic duo, as you can imagine. Both assertive, both really great communicators, and lots of energy to start our Monday off with such a vibrancy as they bring to the table. So I'm so thankful. I know you guys are going to learn a lot about how to set boundaries so that you can love your families, even though we're hustling in our work week. But I also want you to make sure that you tune in as we talk about marriage, about culture, and about in general, just learning how to put things down so that we can actually be present with what God is doing in our lives. I think this was especially relevant to me with my family and to all of you in the sense that we just hit the one-year anniversary of COVID-19. And Daniel actually talks about how he wrote his new book, You Are What You Do, and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love, right at the cusp before COVID-19 even got started. So he was writing to us to help us understand Gosh, life is so much more than about just what you do. It's who you are and it's what you do with the time you have in all of the areas of life, not just work. So I hope you will check out his book that he'll talk about. I know you're going to love their freebie they talk about. And I also have to quickly say that his book does briefly mention Lord of the Rings. So if you were <laughs> if you were like on the fence about whether to buy this book or not, like, don't worry, I've checked it out for you since our interview. I have read the whole thing. It is phenomenal. And yes, there's a very tiny mention of this book. So it makes it outstanding in and of itself. However, there's so much more to Daniel's book. And I mean, just seeing all the lessons was an important reminder for me that I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not who my kids are and all the different lies he's going to talk about on our podcast today. So stay tuned for all these great conversations, guys. In the Harden House this week, we've had quite a week with our kids scrambling to get COVID testing before my son's theater troupe was going to perform James and the Giant Peach. So we're waiting to see if that actually gets to happen. You know the routine. Even kids' lives have been so dramatically changed this year. And we are plugging on as we finish up our literature pod with my girls. And one of the books we're reading now, I thought some of you'd be interested to hear is Voice in the Wind. In the Roman world, back in the times of Christ, it's a really good book to read around Easter, but it's also a good book to read with teens because we get so focused in on love and meaning that we sometimes forget all the sacrifices people made for us to even be able to have hope. And I can't think of a better way to finish up the school year than to give not only great classic literature from around the world, but also reminders of what true grace and true courage looks like. We all need to be buffed up on our six work and our Enneagram work. We want to really be buffed up on our work in every single area. So this is this book that although it was for them, I was like, Krista, you have to go back to this book and face it again. It was like a tearjerker and a difficult read. And you wouldn't feel like you did your parenting in full if you hadn't introduced not just the other styles of books, like these great nonfiction books we talk about or fantasy books or the classic books, but also some books that involve heart and sacrifice, deep courage and love. So whoo, honestly, my six wing. Um, <laughs> and by the way, my six wings getting worse lately. I'm like now dependent on this one woman on the pop sugar workouts. If she's not on there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't work out. So, <laughs> so I'm challenging myself in the six wing, but I'm so excited to be able to share with my family 
about a godly woman who sacrifices everything for for love for God and also ends up taking good care of herself. It's not that she has no self-care or value, but it's choosing love. And I can't think of a better way for those of us in the thinking triad who are sometimes overly focused on keeping ourselves safe or those in the assertive triad about thinking about how we can do things our way and not really address feelings. So now I've just opened this up to the bigger world. If you think you need a good cry kind of a read where you're like, oh my gosh, this is true love. I need to be more loving. That was my word for 2021. So I'm passing that one on to you guys and to my kids, because as you know, teens in the season of their life naturally to be thinking about themselves first. And I think if you're in that season, it's also a beautiful read. So anyway, that's Voice in the Wind, Mark of the Lion series. If you're a fiction reader, that's where we're at. I promise you it will wreck you. And if you're like the teens, they'll just say, I'm dead. So anyway, parenting, as you'll hear from this episode, comes with its own set of craziness and growth. Our kids make us grow and force us to grow into feelings work and all the different works and learn with me as we sit with Daniel and Christina, the 3-3 Glow. Guys, this is just my gift and treasure to be able to interview Daniel and Christina M. As you guys probably know, Daniel has his new book out, You Are What You Do, and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love. And I am so excited for not only this, but also their freebie they're going to be sharing about later today. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much, Krista, for having us. It is such a joy to spend time with you and your podcast. Audience. Oh, yeah. We're excited. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah. You guys love talking Enneagram and marriage, too. We do. Oh, yeah. Enneagram and marriage, Enneagram and parenting. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll probably unpack a little bit more later on in the podcast, but it mm-hmm. is a tool that has been so revolutionary for us as individuals, us in marriage, but also in parenting, too. Oh. Completely, because I mean, I'm mm. uh, I'm certified with Gallup on their Strengths Finder assessment. So, mm. like, I've been so focused on that side of things, mm. and been you know we've so we've done that. We've done so many different personality assessments, and we're always quite different until we did the Enneagram. Right. And when we did the Enneagram, we we're like, whoa, 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 wait a second, we're the mm. same type. Yeah. And that just opened wow. up a completely different world to us. That's just mm. been such a blessing to our marriage. Exactly. Because we did Gosh. see each other quite different. Like yeah. you're more introverted. I'm more extroverted. You're just goes mm. on and on with all the different tools. So to be able to look at each other in a different light and yeah. also yeah, see yeah. what mm. we look like in health and unhealth oh, yes. and the motivation <laughs> behind uh, why we do what we do, but also we're different wings. So that mm. brings in a, an extra layer of uh, getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. So it's been fun and it's been really, it's been really good and healthy for us. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. I can just imagine all the nooks and crannies for two threes, double heart types, double assertive types to be able to really dig in and learn and grow and now start trading turns on who gets to do what, when. So I, I can't wait to talk about that part with you too. You're right, Christina, we will dig in. Um, And so I'm so actually just wanting to introduce our guests to you guys as a family too, because like you said, you love talking Enneagram and parenting. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could tell our guests a little bit about where you guys hail from. I know you're from Canada and we are so thankful to have this ability to talk across countries. So tell us about your family. We've already dog bonded a little bit. (laughs) 
Exactly. Our dog was our first baby. We're telling you that, Krista. His name is Teddy. He is 13 years old and he is just loved by everyone in our family. So as Daniel shared previously before you pressed record, he was the uh, sort of the trying to stop having a baby. <laughs> so I really, really wanted a baby. And Daniel's like, we've been married for like six months. How about you get a puppy? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's get a puppy. <laughs> yeah, that only delayed it one year. So. That's hilarious. No, and that's not and even that long considering a pregnancy is nine months. Exactly. <laughs> so our, uh, our second child, but first human child. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, she's 11. And then our middle daughter is 10 and our youngest uh, is six. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of a fun fact, they were all born in different cities. Mm -hmm. So we were, we've lived all over the place. Both grew up in Canada, me from the West coast, Christina from the East coast mm. uh, met during university. But yeah, I mean, we've lived as a couple in Ottawa, in Montreal. We bought Teddy mm. in Montreal. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when we were in Korea, had our first. Uh, and then when we were back in Canada, in Edmonton, in two different hospitals, uh, had our later Gosh. two. And for the last five years, uh, we were in Nashville, living there, um, mm. honky tonking it up. <laughs> and then about a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, totally. And then a year and a half uh, ago, we moved back to Canada. Yeah, in oh, Edmonton, wow. which people are like, where is Edmonton? So we say mm. it's a 36-hour drive from Alaska. So <laughs> land in Alaska, drive south for 36 hours, and welcome home. Yeah. Welcome oh, to us. Oh, wow. And I always measure everything from Prince Edward Island and with an E. So where are you <laughs> Oh, from Anne with an E, we are. Oh, it's far. It's, it's really, yeah. Really so it's far. like oh, gosh, it's, yeah. she's like, over yeah. by Maine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you were to like draw a straight line from Minnesota to Anchorage, Alaska, mm -hmm. we would be right in the middle. Mm -hmm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yes. so right by the rock. Yeah, right by Montana and. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. North of that. Oh, okay. yeah. So closer to California than we are to Prince Edward Yes, Island. that's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I love it. You guys have been all over and I'm sure it's double threes. You have fit in all over. So you probably fit in great in Nashville and Ontario and wherever else you've been. Well, that's the interesting thing, right? With the Enneagram, I don't think any other assessment had really revealed mm -hmm. that aspect of the three and of us being able to identify, oh, okay, well, this is what fits there. And okay, we'll kind of fit in this way or, or find this to be similar or, or, or have similar conversations with. So it's just been interesting in mm -hmm. hindsight to see how we fit in differently in different places. Exactly. And the shape shifting, wow. which they talk about, oh, right, wow. for yeah. Enneagram wow. threes. And so mm -hmm. I think in, on health, we've done that uh, just to people please oh, and totally. to fit in, but forgetting ourselves or not even knowing ourselves mm -hmm. and how as a three, you can do that in health as well. You yeah. can really bring just a place where people can feel like they can be themselves mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that you can be like yourself as well in terms of being vulnerable and listening and being empathetic to people. But that takes a lot of work yeah. <laughs> for sure. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it does insight and then work. So, and I, thankfully I know threes are gifted in this. And now are you guys settled here for a while? Do you think in this area? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We love it here. And, and for us, uh, we moved back to Canada and back to Edmonton. I'm a pastor as well. Mm -hmm. So it was really, a, a. I was working for a nonprofit organization when we were in Nashville and doing consulting and leadership development and, and all that, and, and really did that for about five years and, and loved it. Mm -hmm. But as we just continue to discern and learn more about ourselves and, and seek God uh, for what he had for our lives, he opened up this door for us. So we're like, yeah, you know what? Okay, we're done with that. And, and yeah, this is this is where we're at. And we're excited to just dig in and, and settle in here. Yeah. So thankfully, it feels like home. Yes. Yeah, we're definitely. very appreciative of that. Mm, I'm so glad. And it really makes me even ask another element too. We have so many different layers to our Enneagram, right? Our maleness, our femaleness, our cultures. And you guys mentioned being Korean earlier, I believe when you said you're from Korea. Well, half of us are. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel is Korean and I'm Chinese. So his parents grew up in Korea and then immigrated to Canada in, when, in their 20s? In the, in the, when they were in the... Well, in the 70s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess they're in their 20s. They're in their yeah. 20s. Okay. And then mm -hmm. my parents, they immigrated to Canada uh, more in their teens, late teens, because they were coming to Canada for university. Mm. Wow. So did that give you guys an added layer of connection just to be able to connect culturally? Do you think too, when you met as a couple? Yeah, I think so, because it's interesting, both Korean and Chinese, they're on the East Asian mm -hmm. side of things. So, I mean, Asia is massive. Yes. And, you know, the term Asian American is very broadly encompassing as well. So mm -hmm. for us, mm -hmm. uh, Asian American not being one dimensional, uh, but for us being both East Asian American, mm -hmm. there is quite a number of similarities that we probably wouldn't have shared as much if, let's say, one of us was was Southeast Asian or we were Indian, Asian, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. And I would say also as much as there were similarities, there was quite big differences mm -hmm. in the sense of your parents immigrated a little bit later and they were really, really trying hard to keep the Korean culture. Whereas mm -hmm. my parents, I think when they were a little bit young, because they were a little bit younger, they came in and we Canadianized, I'm saying that sort of in quotations here, <laughs> where we were still very much Chinese, but they also were really wanting us to assimilate to the culture around us because I think they saw that as an opportunity to give us quote unquote a better life and more opportunities and so that was quite different like for example Daniel uh, your parents taught you Korean yeah always spoke mm -hmm. to me in Korean mm -hmm. yeah so I can read and write and, and speak right yeah mm -hmm. whereas my parents they didn't they speak two different dialects and I remember asking them I think when I was a teenager I'm like why didn't you teach me and they're like one well we really wanted you to be a native English speaker and two, it just takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no. And then they would have to teach two different dialects or which dialect do you speak and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And so uh, they just decided, you know, English, English is a good language to learn. So here you go. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That is so funny that you guys shared a lot, but you're just saying there is another dimension because of the language that you have assimilated into Daniel and your parents were just like, this is our story. This is going to be part of our safety as a family. And I love that Christina, your story is entirely different. So it just, it once again, kind of breaks down assumptions we make about everybody. And even as you said of being Asian American, but East Asian American and then, and then some, so there are things that connect you. Um, and then there were still many things you had to learn, right? 
Oh, completely. Because you just, I mean, it's so nuanced, mm -hmm. right? And Japanese American, Chinese yes, American, yeah. you know, as being kind of the three on the East Asian side of things, so very similar and different in so many different respects. So that's the, that's kind of the nuance of it that for us, even for me growing up in a Korean church, I mean, I had a ton of friends who were more like Christina in that they only spoke English mm -hmm. and others who were more like way more Korean than me. And so there's actually quite a uh, bit of a scale. Uh, I would say, even if you think of back to the Enneagram, that, that scale of unhealth to health, mm -hmm. I would probably say uh, on the Asian American side of things, there's very much of a scale of how uh, acculturated or assimilated you are to mm -hmm. the, the, to North American culture as well. Yeah, it's been really important for us to be able to look back and grapple with that as well, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. as we're raising uh, Korean, that's what we call it, oh, Korean yeah. Chinese awesome. uh, kids. And yeah. so uh, it's we've created this sort of this different culture, right? Yes, where, we're, yeah. where we're bringing two cultures, actually way more than two. We're yes. you know, bringing Canadian culture. Yeah, we so lived in America, we're bringing American mm -hmm. culture, all of that. And how are we bringing that all together in health and in beauty and also mm -hmm. allowing them to explore who they are too. Mm -hmm. mm, oh my gosh. They're so, they're getting such a rich education. And I hope all of our listeners are thinking about this as well in their marriage, that whether you're from the Appalachia area or from East coast, or we have listeners from Denmark, Sweden, wherever you're listening from, we want you to make sure that you invite your kids into this story because it's a complex, crazy world right now. And, and they need to hear from you guys, how to be part of their culture and wherever they're living. And I'm sure as threes, you guys have been doing your work and learning how to do this, but it's probably tough in this world right now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because if we're not, it, it, and you know, it, it's very different depending on where you live. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And plus with the pandemic, so many people have been inside, <laughs> yeah. right. And, and not necessarily been outside from that perspective, but for us, mm -hmm. what has been really interesting is the stories and the narratives mm -hmm. that, um, that go underneath the surface in terms mm -hmm. of who is beautiful. What does beauty look like? What does success look like? Mm -hmm. um, who are you, who, who do you look up to for our children? So, so this is, these are things that Christina and I have had to deal mm -hmm. with. And, and we are so mm -hmm. grateful that mm -hmm. we are now living in a day and age where Asian American authors are best-selling New York. There are New York Times best-selling mm -hmm. Asian American authors mm -hmm. and actors and actresses. And there's movies. American Girl and, Dolls. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> that that yes. we are living where it's like, hey, this is beauty. This is intelligence. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, success. And this is, and we can give our children a sense of, yeah, you don't have to like, yeah, you're not blonde. You're not blue eyed, mm -hmm. right? You're, you don't have a chiseled cheek. You don't have double mm -hmm. eyelids. You don't. And, and you know what? There's mm -hmm. beauty and there's in, in all of that. So it's, mm -hmm. we're grateful that right now yeah. that mm -hmm. we are growing up in a, in a day and age where, where um, yeah, our, our kids have more, even just the whole crazy rich Asians right. phenomenon. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I would say phenomenon, but really, I mean, that's like, just momentous mm -hmm. uh, that our children are growing up. And I think when they become mm -hmm. later on teenagers and young adults, it's going to be even more so. Very much so. I mean, Krista, mm -hmm. honestly, when I was mm -hmm. a young girl, mm -hmm. Chinese girl, who did I look up to? Who did I even have that would be mm -hmm. in Hollywood mm -hmm. to look up to? Wow. I remember there was Amy Tan. So she was a best-selling author. She wrote the mm -hmm. Joy Luck Club. Yes. And then there was Mulan. 
Right. <laughs> Who I was like, I don't want to go to war. I don't want to pretend I'm a boy to be able to save right. my family. And so oh those were gosh. really, I remember just the two, the two uh, female Asians that I saw. And if you don't see yourself really reflected in them, then you're looking inward as a child and be like, who am I? Who mm. am I trying to emulate? Who do I, mm. who do I consider a hero? Mm. And it's really powerful for especially our girls to be able to have those opportunities to look around them and learn about character and mm. honesty and integrity from people who they identify with uh, in looks, but also so in culture oh yeah there's mm. and there's no one for me to look up to mm. i mean other than mm. yeah i don't know like this random effeminate mm. asian uh, mm. uh actors or right. or mm. just they'd be immigrants who don't really know how to speak english well and mm. so i actually mm. looked up to korean breakdancers k-pop mm. like i was yes, like, full I on breakdancing did all of that mm. and that's who i looked up to but it was interesting as i looked up to more and this is obviously as teenagers um it actually alienated me more from the canadian side of myself so it's just mm. been this ongoing journey of mm-hmm. self-discovery uh of of development that we hope to create a space uh, a safe space for our children to be able to explore all that right and to realize that there was wow. tension there yeah. will maybe always be tension in their lives and in our lives as we as the world changes as uh there's racism and mm-hmm. um, you know people are pointing out differences versus similarities and so that it's okay to have those tensions and we are able to work those out and to ask those questions to stay curious mm-hmm. and to bring mm-hmm. our cares and concerns to God and hopefully creating a safe space in our own family to be able to be like you know we can ask those questions and we may not have the answers but we're mm-hmm. going to continue to support one another yeah Mm, Oh my gosh. Beams of joy guys, just to hear that you're doing this work with your kids and that you're getting to see these changes in the culture that it's, it's making us feel old. Like that we're like, remember in our day, but like it is that way. First generation move on, not even second generation. (laughs) The original cartoon movie. (laughs) Right. Our our kids are all the ages. They're like, what are you talking about? You know, but it's like, no, you don't understand. So it, it is just amazing to see that. And we always, integrate literature and psychology in this podcast, of course. And so we've been talking about, even I've shared a little bit about to all the boys I love my, uh, Mm -hmm. my literature pod. We just finished reading that with Jenny Han and I teach a lot of Asian girls. And I always have had a lot of Asians in my life for whatever reason, from middle school, best friends to just being at an Asian church for two years. So I have had a lot of experience. We also read Joy Luck Club this year, but even like we're saying, it's just, there's not enough. And so what's beautiful is we're starting to see America and the world become more open to identifying beauty in every way. And some of my Asian students have been so excited about that and Asian clients to say, like, I'm learning makeup tutorials for my specific eye shape on YouTube. And I'm learning that, you know, how beautiful it is to fight for your culture and identity. And you guys are, we're talking about threeness too today in culture. Um, and it just makes me think of how beautiful it is that you are threes to fight for that because there are kids and listeners who are looking for how do I enter 
integrate my culture into my family, into my marriage. So you're inspiring us. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. can't necessarily always bring it up. No. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, you know what? We're supposed to be talking about this, but let me talk about this. Yeah. So oh, the opportunity gosh. for others to stay curious and to ask questions, mm-hmm. be like, can you um, explain a little bit more or tell me your story mm-hmm. and sit with people uh, regardless of culture, but mm-hmm. to be able to sit with people and be like, can you tell me more about you? I really want to find out. That is beautiful. Yeah. And th- and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of fiction. That's the beauty of narrative. That's the beauty of story yes. where there's so much we can learn from others, not to be them mm-hmm. and not to say, yeah, okay, I- I'm going to, I'm going to forsake all that I am and just try to imitate that person. No, no, that's not what mm. this is. This is about mm-hmm. being inspired, about learning, about being able to try on and learn as like, oh, okay, as all humans continue to discover who they are and and the unique fingerprint that God has on their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being able to hear one another's stories are is is very helpful, and sure. to be able to find other people who are very similar and who have walked in similar shoes, that can be incredibly freeing too. Yeah. I love how you're talking about story, Daniel, because I can just think of the stories that uh, we've shared together around the dinner table and reading different books. And the beauty about stories and narrative is that you get to read the inner dialogue of these characters as they struggle, as they Mm -hmm. triumph, as they are Mm -hmm. wondering, who am I? And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's wonderful if we're able to, in real life, share those stories struggles and those triumphs, but that's not always going to happen, especially in younger kids. They don't even know what they're feeling or it's, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they'd rather play together and learn that way versus really dive deeper into each other's inner dialogue. And Mm -hmm. so it's amazing to be able to, if they don't hear it in real life, that someone else is struggling the same way they do, but by reading a story and hearing a character's inner dialogue, being like, oh, wow, you struggle too. For example, like you struggle too, when you bring your lunch to school and people make fun of you Mm -hmm. because it smells Mm. weird or it's different Mm. wow I Mm. felt like that too and how did you as a character handle it and how did Mm. your friends do that and being able to reflect and be like you know I want to do that too or maybe I'll try something different next time Mm. oh my gosh boy is that three work and all of us work for those of us who are parents, if your kids aren't this age yet, they're going to be, and you're going to have to help them to know how do I still maintain a sense of self while growing up to be able to, uh, to love and to serve others and to fit in well socially that we need to do as humans. And so yes, story is such a beautiful place. And I love that you guys do this around the table. I want to ask you a few more questions about that, but as you guys probably know, it's glow time (laughs) instead of go time. I'm like, it's glow time. So, I want to talk a little bit about you guys as a particular three, three glow pairing, because we're already talking a little bit about it, but speaking the truth and love, what do you guys think is something that is a special gift of your pairing? What are a couple of the struggles that you've had to overcome? I think our listeners are very curious about this. Yeah, I think a gift that uh, we recognize, and I think probably other people recognize too, is how we're able to, how we're both so goal oriented Mm -hmm. and achievement oriented that the things, it's been really interesting as we've both explored that individually. And then Mm -hmm. as a couple experiencing different seasons of what that looks like with, you know, sleepless nights and encouraging and supporting one another with, with kids and with moves and, and with career and, and with writing. I mean, even in the season, right before we launched 
our podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had been writing several books and Christina had really been supporting me Mm -hmm. in her, in her two-ness of the way, like the, the, the Mm -hmm. two wing of it really Mm -hmm. been supporting me in that. And then Mm -hmm. when I was finished with that, um, with a a bunch of those books, us working on podcast our podcast together. And it's Mm -hmm. just been so interesting as our kids have grown older, the, um, how (laughs) we, Mm -hmm. we joke around. We're like, okay, people, people ask, Hey, when do you have time? Like you both, like you're working and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing the podcast. Like, when do you have time to do this? Well, we're like, well, actually it's like, this is our date time. Like, this is really fun fun to to do a podcast together and to talk about this. And it's like, it's time that we can grow together and inspire and and sharpen one another. So that's been a neat thing for us in that it doesn't feel like work. It's just, it's fun for us. Well, yeah. And Krista in your three, three glow, I love how your first sentence is two threes are such a good, good and full of fun match for each other. And we looked at each other and yes, we totally agreed. But like Daniel was saying, I don't know if our version of fun yeah. <laughs> let's say would be your version of fun Chris. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right? Yeah. and so and that and it would be maybe different than a four or an eight right. or whatnot but mm. I think the beauty of us being able to understand that out about each other because maybe if I was a different number and you're like hey let's do this today let's knock this off our list and we would consider that fun but maybe as a different number I'd be like can we not yeah. oh definitely <laughs> right? yeah, hundred right. yes right, yeah. yes yeah yes. I love that you're, oh, oh, wow. Like even just you hearing you say that though, is your unique experience and one being a two wing, one being a four wing. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is, it's just such a fit. You guys cover the whole heart spectrum there and you are enjoying date time while you work. And some people are not project couples, but you guys are, which I love that. Yeah. And we've had to recognize what projects work and what projects don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's, that's definitely been the nuance where we mm-hmm. in our young married ambition of like, this is before. Oh, um, Chip and Joanna. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chip and Joanna. Yeah. So it was before yes. Chip and Joanna games. We were kind of like, yeah, we're kind of like, we could do this, right? <laughs> yeah. We have two babies. We could do a full <laughs> home reno while working and doing all And yeah. living in it. Yeah. In the and mess? Yes. Yeah. So Christina mm-hmm. legit. She, right before we did our, started the reno and we were going to be without our kitchen for what was supposed to be a month. Ended up being like, yeah, Christina was like, you know what? Okay. We're not going to have a kitchen. We're not going to have this, but we're going to be in our laundry room, in our basement. That's where our table is going to be. And we're not going to have a stove, but we have our crock pot. So Christina, I think you made like 35 or 40 crock pot meals in one day, Krista. In one day. I could not walk afterwards. I was standing on our tile floor. I'm like, oh my my goodness. I'm like 23 and my back is going to give up. Yeah, but it was like, but we can do this, right? We can do this. Yeah, that's the last home reno we've ever done because it was just It it tested our marriage. Yes, it did. Yeah. Beyond what we wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh but we love podcasting God. together, yeah. so that's fun. Yeah. And I can still stand after podcasting. Yeah, so right. we're <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And you're homeschooling your kids together right now, right? Yes, we are. And that is a whole story in itself. So <laughs> looking at subtypes. Um, so uh, 
we, our youngest was supposed to go to school um, full time. And so I was thinking, oh, that's going to be the time where I really get to, we do our podcast full time, uh, mm-hmm. part time, but thinking, mm-hmm. oh, that's where I'm really going to be able to go full time and so yes. many dreams and visions and desires for it. So we'll send the kids off to school and mama will have from nine to three to be able to really put in the work when the kids come home, then I can focus on them. And, and, and so, for years we yeah. had talked about this, yes, right? Exactly. It was like when the kids go to school, uh-huh. this, you know, Christina, I know you've been spending the majority of your time raising them and, and working within the home with our children. But when they all go to school, then, then you'll be able to. It's time to launch. Yeah. Right? And thinking like the three subtype, like I was going to be in my social sphere, right? Yes. Of being yeah. able to do that and be on stage yeah. and know how to climb the social ladder, as you were saying, Krista, in your, uh, in the glow guide. Mm-hmm. And then when the pandemic happened and uh, a little context, the year before was we moved from Nashville to Edmonton and it was literally the hardest year of our children's lives. Not only did they lose all their friends, we went through yes. two back-to-back car accidents, six weeks oh, from each other, no. hundreds so of doctor's sorry. appointments to be oh. able to recover from that. And oh. so there was a loss there. And then, uh, so our second accident happened December in January of 2020. Oh. We found out Daniel uh, Daniel's dad, unfortunately had cancer, was diagnosed with that. Oh. And at that time, when we got the call, sorry. the doctor said he has three months to live. Mm. And so we were just just in complete turmoil, mm-hmm. our lives, what we thought would be had been turned upside down. That was in January, come March, everything was closed down. The kids came home and were online full time mm-hmm. for school. And oh, it was, goodness. it did not work for us. It was a complete oh. disaster. And oh, so wow. we had to pivot and we had to learn to grieve together and work things out and trust God in these circumstances. So come September, when mm-hmm. um, the schools were like, are you coming back or not? And we had sat down and talked to our kids and just realized, you know, there is not enough stability in their lives right now, even in our own lives. And I think we just need a place to be able to land and to Mm -hmm. grieve and to figure things out and to heal. And so that's when we just really felt like, you know what, homeschooling for this year is going to be the thing that really helps us be able to land together and safely. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I was, we were even Mm -hmm. looking yesterday, Daniel, right? I'm like, oh, I'm into my one-to-one subtype Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. now of being able to be supporting the children and our, and our, marriage and uh, the people who are at our church as well to be able to really be, um, yeah, be there for them, not just in words, but in time as well. Mm, Absolutely. And so you had to give this other section of yourselves that you had planned to do something spectacular with. And it's, it's so hard to, to choose love in that way. And I heard one of your episodes where you guys had Gary, Gary Thomas on about how we're just like, oh, if I can achieve, if I can do all these things mm-hmm. for the world, then I'm so spiritually mature. But when you really get to it, you're like, it really means going with where God has me. It means when Daniel's dad gets very sick and COVID shuts the world down and our children lose their friends that we nurture them and we put them first. And that's just such a different sphere than you thought you'd be in. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And I don't want to, I don't want your listeners to hear like, wow, they're so great. And all of this. I mean, that was a struggle that was, there's uh, many times as I have been in the one-to-one uh, subtype for our relationship and our marriage, where I have come to God. I mean, like, um, 
I think you forgot about me because mm. I have so much more to give the mm. world and I'm quote unquote stuck at home and raising these babies and, you know, changing far too many diapers and burping far too many, <laughs> you know, having too many spit ups and being like, hello, like, where are you in, in this mess, in this literal mess Absolutely. and coming to a point of being able to be vulnerable um, with myself and with God mm. and realizing like, where, where uh, is my identity from? And I think mm. in all of that has been really healing for me to to ask those questions and to, yes. um, yeah, be open and honest oh, yeah. about that. I mean, because as threes, if we find our identity in what we do or in our achievements or in all of that, I mean, we've tried doing that. Mm-hmm. We've tried. And I mean, that's why the title of the book is You Are What You Do, not as a truth, but as a lie, <laughs> um, because yes. we've believed that and we've recognized, okay, actually... Even if, even if like we got all, even if we've checked off all of our boxes and become all that we hoped and wanted to be, that still wouldn't bring us contentment. That still wouldn't bring us satisfaction Mm -hmm. if our identity Mm -hmm. is rooted in that. So it's Mm -hmm. been, it's been uh, quite a journey for us. And and even for us as threes, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not wanting to be so in tune with our emotions, <laughs> right? Being yes. so future focused. And mm-hmm. even with the year that it had been being like, well, yeah, we'll forget the past, forget the present. Let's just keep on going to the future. We've right. had to, to experience wholeness, had to really slow down, uh, practice solitude and silence, mm-hmm. get in touch with, yeah, what has happened, uh, be able to process that, journal that through and give that to God to experience healing. Yeah. And ask why, yeah. why, yeah. Why, are, why are these happening? We like literally <laughs> gave up our comforts and so many things to move here. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff happened. And so being able to ask why and mm. sit in that unknown and grieve in that as well, I think is really powerful for us, especially as mm. threes just wanting to uh, onward and upward. Yeah, <laughs> Let's <right>. do this. <laughs> yes. I hear you guys in such your healthy sick space when you do that, when you make that transition into, let me really go into my thought life and let me really Mm -hmm. spend time there and with God. And I'm just, the word sojourner is coming up for me as I think about you guys moving all over and trying to be obedient to God, but also wrestling with these thoughts that those of us in the thinking triad have a lot of all the time. And, and I'm glad that you're letting them rest with God. I'm I'm glad you're slowing down and seeing the rhythm and the theme. And I also like how you said, you guys, like, you're like being humble to say, this isn't just our Enneagram work. This is where God put us. Like sometimes you still will kick against the goads and you'll still try. And then God's like, Nope, it's not going to work. Like you're trying Mm -hmm. to achieve. It's just not going to work. And so I know that's, you know, I'd like to say my Enneagram work has come from me just getting more nuanced and me being so insight filled, but a lot of the time it's just come because I've gotten ragged and burnout. And so I appreciate your vulnerability there. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, when I was, it's funny when I was in graduate school and uh, one of the exercises for us was just, okay, here's a course about leaders and the leadership journey that um, based on research, the different phases and seasons that leaders go throughout their entire life. And one of the assignments was to actually plot that strategic map out for the rest of your life. So we did that. And I mean, Mm -hmm. we didn't know about the Enneagram then. Um, We didn't know we were threes, but we didn't even have children at the time. No, we were sitting on our white couch in Montreal doing this. Let's plan. We're 20, what, four, and let's plan out until we die. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And we came up with this plan that we were like, man, this is incredible. Oh, completely. (laughs) And, you know, we ended up just giving it up. We ended up literally just 
just offering it up to God because we felt like this had become our focus. This had become our idol. This had become, yeah, our be all and, and everything, if we were getting closer to it or, mm-hmm. or, or, or not able to. And, and what's really interesting, because I, I still remember what we had written down. I mean, mm-hmm. if we had followed our plan, mm-hmm. our good plan for our life, knowing mm-hmm. what we knew, uh, mm-hmm. man, we would not have even experienced half of the adventure sure. uh, mm-hmm. and talk about from a three perspective, accomplishments, mm-hmm. achievements, other, we wouldn't even be able to even a quarter of what <laughs> God has allowed us to experience to this day. Uh. Nothing, it wouldn't have even compared because we knew what we knew. We were making plans on what we knew today and mm-hmm. what we thought mm-hmm. was good for the future. Mm-hmm. But when we surrendered it to the one who holds the past, present and future in his hands mm-hmm. and actually lived daily in faithfulness. And yeah, I mean, we're, still future focused and oriented Mm -hmm. but when we actually chose to say you know what we're not going to let our circumstances define our satisfaction and our contentment we're going to choose to live faithfully and Mm -hmm. be our best with all that god has entrusted to us on a daily basis it's actually in hindsight incredible what god has allowed us to experience over these years yeah for sure so thank you god yes we don't hold the keys (laughs) oh yes yes oh my gosh that is you guys speaking such truth and love that it is so beautiful that mystical element of the lord just taking over when you're like i surrender i have to and then you get something back that is different and always better. And it doesn't mean we're not without our grief or that we're not that feeling of sojourning, but, but there's this discernment that comes. And I know you guys love, I think you love that fathoms podcast. And you told me you learned a lot from Dr. Drew Moser too. He talks a lot about discernment. So I love that you guys have been really inviting our listeners to that process to really give your angst to God. And we talk a lot about lamentation on this podcast too, Mm. to, to really find and to discover where our end is, is where God begins to do the work in us. Right. What a beautiful thing. You talk about lamentations. That's something that we have really had to learn to lament and Mm -hmm. to bring all of our emotions and feelings to God and also invite our children to do that as well. And this, the beauty of being able to, to trust that God can hold (laughs) not just the positive Mm -hmm. feelings, but also the negative, like, I can't believe you would, you would allow us to go through this. This sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Mm -hmm. that and being able to know that we are, we are in his arms, no matter what. I love that. I love how Christina keeps reminding us of that important anger with God. I just had a client tell me that this week. And so I'm like, yes, like lamentations, part of it is anger. And Mm -hmm. we were talking before we got on about how we have our quiet times and all of us homeschooling and things like that. Like sometimes our kids have to be like blocked and locked out and stuff like (laughs) that. But uh, I was doing that this morning with God, as a matter of fact, when I was going through my Lenten study and I was like ticked off. So, or as we would say from Napoleon dynamite (laughs) T.O.'d. <laughs> That's awesome. Why did that come to me? I don't know. But anyway, I'm such a nerd that that came to me. And also I really was angry. So I get it. And I love it, Christina, that, that we can remind our, our listeners that the cycle of grief um, is part of it all. And as we're thinking about building strong and joyful families with the Enneagram, we have to understand that we have these moments where we have to find our, our space to grieve. And thank you for sharing that. That's part of it. Um, what else would you guys say has been part of building a strong and joyful family with your giftings and just with the Enneagram? 
Well, the longer I think both of us parents, now our oldest, like we said, um, is 11, the Mm -hmm. longer we realize that we will parent the way that we've been parented, because that's Mm -hmm. really what we know, or we'll try to do something that we've read in a book. But really, um, the ability to be able to look back and see why am I feeling like this when my child does something and, or why am I reacting or responding to this? And with Mm -hmm. the Enneagram, Krista, I honestly wish, uh, and I'm so thankful for your podcast and being able Mm -hmm. to introduce uh, the Enneagram to all spheres of life and all walks of life, because I really truly believe that if I had understood myself as a three in what I look like in unhealth, Mm -hmm. um, the things that I have said to my children, the way that I've treated my children in the past when they were younger would not have been the way that I would do it now. Mm. Uh, So for example, I didn't realize that uh, the motivation behind why I was doing what I was doing was because I really wanted people from the outside to look at our family and especially look at me as a mom and say, wow, she is perfect. She's Mm. the best mom. I want to be like her and in an unhealthy space. And so For example, when we would have people over at our home uh, for dinner, pre-COVID, obviously, I would make sure that our house was spotless and I would cook Mm. a huge meal. Now, my kids were like three and two at the time, and I would yell at them for taking toys out, Krista, because people were coming in half an hour. (laughs) Your home has to look like you don't have children because that in my head was thinking, wow, she's such a great, you know, homemaker. Wow, she's so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. so looking and realizing that I was, I was expecting something else that my children should not give me and could not give me. I was expecting something that I wanted people to give me that really it's not their business to give me. And really, I don't actually need that. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be portrayed and put on a pedestal that you are the best so on and so forth, because really we meet people Mm -hmm. in our mess and we meet people in our vulnerability. So imagine how amazing it would be Um, If I think about, you know, stay at home moms, let's say, for example, who were a mess and and they came into our home and we had crumbs on the floor and we Mm -hmm. said, you know, yeah, the children are crying and there's toys everywhere. That's okay. This is life right now. Maybe Mm -hmm. one day it won't Mm -hmm. be like this, but today it is. So welcome. Bring bring all of you. Bring your mess. Bring your tears. Bring your frustration. Bring your joy. Mm -hmm. You have room at our table, too. Yeah, because I think for you, Christina, underneath the surface, and it goes back to what we were talking about with subtypes, underneath the surface, all of your three energy and Mm -hmm. ambition and focus and drive that you were uh, that you were building toward and working with before kids, it was Mm -hmm. almost like unintentionally you redirected it toward this, right. And toward parenting Mm -hmm. and toward this image um, or this false mask uh, as you are wrestling through Mm -hmm. some of these issues. Yep. Completely. And then I, I feel so bad for our kids because my mm-hmm. expectations for them to give me something that, you know, accolades or, or um, whatever it was that I was looking for, that's unfair to them. And so mm-hmm. I, I honestly wish that I had been <laughs> aware of it. At well, least. And, and honestly, that's, mm-hmm. and that's in, in my latest book, one of the mm-hmm. lies that I unpack is you are who you raise right. as a lie. Oh. Because wow. for us, that's what we were doing. Like we were raising our kids as threes. Mm-hmm. We were raising our kids to be threes, 
<laughs> so so when they didn't achieve we were like what's wrong with you we gotta we gotta make you achieve we gotta help more you do lessons. It. yeah more lessons yeah. do this do that do that and for <laughs> us we were like oh my goodness you know what actually no we cannot like our children's success is not our success. Our children's mm. failures are not our failures. Mm-hmm. We are not who we raise. Our threeness and our goals are, are have nothing to do. We are called to steward our children right. to raise them to become adults. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, we can't tie our own brokenness into them. Yeah, I like that when you're saying tying, I'm like almost like tying stones to them oh, yeah, no. of like or tying these chains to them because we're not really allowing them to walk fully in what God has created them to be. Because yes. I mean, I know we're not supposed to type our children, but I really don't think any of them are threes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so being able to see their unique giftings and the way that God has created them and to nurture that instead of saying, oh, you're not like me, so mm-hmm. you're wrong or you're bad or you are not enough. We never want to tie those chains. I know listeners, you never want to tie those chains to your children. That's not Mm. our purpose. And that's, I don't think Mm. any of our desires, but sometimes in the ways that we don't even know we're doing it, Mm. that that can be sort of the result of, um, yeah, of the ways our motivations are, 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 are unhealth. So being able to even be aware of why we do the things we do, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why we say the things we say, I think is a huge, a huge part of it. Wow. I love how you guys are unpacking that not only did your own insight and of course, where we said we met God at our end, help you in raising your kids because you had to be vulnerable and open to whatever the path was. But I also love how you're saying we're making room for them to develop into who they're supposed to be and not Mm -hmm. affiliating our identity with that. And Mm -hmm. I've come up against that too. We're all assertive types as we're talking here and something I've never said on the podcast, but thought a ton about is how I've had to grieve that my children aren't the same subtype or especially, um, I don't grieve that part as much as I grieve. Uh, they're not the assertive stance with me. And then as you can all imagine listeners included, I also celebrate that because I'm like, okay, there's a lot of hard parts to being the assertive Mm. type. And I celebrate the fact that God has made my children different and he didn't, they don't have the same difficulties that my sister and I, who's a three, the one I was especially raised with was my three sister because the other two are older that we had to do and that we wanted to move out and just go, go, go. They don't have that same ambition because they don't have quite the same trauma. So there's something to celebrate and to grieve, but I like that we're all bringing that awareness to our listeners that if your children share your, your type or your subtype, you can celebrate that, but wherever they differ also celebrate that too, because God's doing something different in their lives. Yeah. And, and that's, it's so important. Like one thing we talk about on our podcast is the power of naming it, the power of Mm -hmm. being aware. And for us to recognize for Christina and I to recognize that, Hey, you know what? Our children, especially in being homeschooled as well now, because of this Mm -hmm. pandemic, their parental role models are two threes. (laughs) (laughs) And if they try to um, and, and some things may come more naturally to us than for them. Plus we're older than them and all of that. But if we are not overly aware of that, then mm-hmm. we could unintentionally create this environment of shame yeah. where our children can never measure up because they will mm-hmm. never be like mommy or dad. And, 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 then, and then they'll start thinking, well, I'm stupid or something's mm-hmm. wrong with me because I can't do this. Or they'll start competing and comparing themselves with their brothers and sisters because 
of all of that. So for us, it's like, no, you know, we need to be hyper aware to with our children mm-hmm. un, not pit them against each other because mm-hmm. that would be our natural default because that's what motivates us to, to not do that and to help them recognize, yeah, each of you, I, I know daughters, you're like, 15 months apart, Mm -hmm. but you are two completely different individuals. God has uniquely created Mm. you very different. So even for us finding activities that they are different activities that they can both be in separately from each other, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm. because the culture and the water that they're breathing in, it's just, it's so, I don't want to say tainted because that Mm. sounds negative, but it is kind of tainted by our threeness. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh man, two threes. When we were reading, learning more about ourselves, I'm like, y'all need to pray for us. Okay. Y'all need to pray for our kids because uh, yeah, we can slip into unhealth and then really steamroll over our children. Oh, and that's where it's apologies, right? Even yesterday we, we were coming back from snowboarding. It's just a fun family activity that we've been doing since uh, late fall. And, oh, and honestly, wow. it's like, I'm, I'm taking, you know, I'm helping each of our kids in a little bit of a different way. But mm-hmm. it's so interesting how after the fact, one of our kids just interpreted one of one of the things that I did as them being a failure. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I yelled at her. It wasn't that I said she was doing bad. She was just having a tough time on the hill learning Mm -hmm. this one technique and her sister wasn't her sister Mm -hmm. nailed it Mm -hmm. Um, and and for me it's like okay I had to actually sit and process and apologize to her afterwards and I was like hey when I yelled at you on the hill Mm -hmm. I wasn't yelling because I was angry I was yelling because we were far away and I couldn't talk normally. I had to project my voice, but I, I am so sorry if you interpreted mm-hmm. that as you being a failure or me being upset at you. Mm-hmm. And cause she acknowledged that that's how she felt. And I was like, that, no, no, we, mm-hmm. you're learning. It's okay. That's not ha- what I meant. And so, so for us, mm-hmm. it's a lot of apologies. We don't have it all together, a lot of apologies. but it's recognizing, wow. Hey, we need to do that. And we need to empower yes. our kids to recognize yeah we're we're human we're gonna make mistakes but yeah we're gonna move forward from this wow you guys nailed it as far as my biggest hope for threes anyway when i work with threes and that is the coming back around afterwards for threes because of sometimes what's perceived as a harshness even though we all know it's care as assertive types and and so when a three can come around afterwards and bring in the softness of their wings and and really sit with their own hearts and see where this was all coming from it's a win for your marriage and your family and your kids and any of you assertive types listening please understand that we don't always have the best thing to say first or sometimes we're just in that state of fight or flight. Hey, I have to help protect my kids. I have to be harsh. Um, just to understand that even if you didn't mean to communicate anything bad, it doesn't demoralize you on the inner level to come back around afterwards and say, Hey, like, I love you. And I would never have meant to hurt you. Like it actually blesses your kids so much to see that. And I've spent so much time with my three sisters, four boys over the last 15, 20 years. Um, and it's been such an important, special conversation. She and I've had to have as assertive types to say, the biggest theme is always, I want to see my mom's heart. So I love that you bring in the two and the four. And I feel like for three, two threes, that's always the best place for your kids is when you can bring those wings around. So I love hearing how you're balancing that in you guys. And I love that you each bring in a different wing. 
Well, and Krista, I was I was wondering about this, so maybe you can help us understand this. Uh, but for us, we're both threes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, different wings. Mm-hmm. We've been married this year for 15 years, known each other for 17. Mm-hmm. But as we were doing our subtype work, we were like, you know what? We're actually quite different. And when we look at moments of stress that we're in and, and moments of health, it's mm-hmm. so interesting how for Christina and I, we'll actually, we don't often find ourselves both in a funk or mm-hmm. we'll, we'll actually, even in the subtype side of things, like I'm more of a self-preservation okay. uh, and, and Christina's more of the one-to-one, but even at moments where I'm a little bit more of a one-to-one, she can be a little bit more of a social. So it's interesting how in our three, three glow, how it's, we, we just kind of adapt mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and highlight different areas, depending on what we're going through. Do you, do you see that mm-hmm. with others that are, um, that share the same number? I think that what I notice is that there are a lot of different places that people move in general with the other numbers. And I mean, whether you're the same number or a different number, mm-hmm. um, and then with the wings, I feel like they're to me, I know that we recently had Suzanne Stabile on to talk about how stance is so critical to relationships and I can't wait for her book to come out. But what I find, I'm glad you brought up the subtype is that for me and my marriage work, that makes a huge difference. If you can meet your spouse where they're at to feel safe in their subtype work, because, um, I, I really love hearing how you're trying to shape shift a little bit to help each other to manage. Um, mm-hmm. if there's a lot of conflict around it, I just think the most important thing is to say, you know, I'm feeling unsafe and here's why, because we haven't been balanced in the subtype work, because ultimately, as you guys seem to know, you want to have a balance. If you're leaning self-preservation, which Daniel and I tend to do, or in any of the directions, um, you have to understand that's not going to be a blessing to stay only there. So I feel like you guys are actually helping to manage that pretty well. Do you think? Yeah, I see that, especially even Daniel, as you were talking about uh, the situation with our daughter yesterday, we had a conversation in the garage before you went in because he didn't know that that she had been hurt by uh, whatever was going on because he had left to go to the bathroom and she was crying. And so even Mm. just being able to share that, like, hey, I know you didn't, what you had said was completely like not intentional to hurt Mm. her. I just Mm -hmm. want you to know that she was actually crying. And we had a conversation about Mm -hmm. that as you were in the washroom. So maybe um, you want to just address that. And so being able to have each other's back like that versus like shaming him, like, you know, how dare you say it like that? She was crying didn't you know yeah, that you yeah. were being too right. aggressive oh i like love get with it yeah. influence oh my gosh we do yeah. that all the time and it is <laughs> so beautiful especially for a male to let his wife influence him when she off well in your case you have the two wing going and so it's like wow i'm so pleased to hear that that you're sharing with such a loving desire and that of course, Daniel's going to have to sometimes evaluate that through his maleness and kind of go, Oh my gosh, like I'm not Uh even available to talk about this with you just because we, we do have to survive as like in that particular (laughs) moment, he's like, I had to do it, you know, but like, I love that Daniel, do you feel like you try to accept that influence when she does share that? Oh, completely. I mean, oh, <laughs> over good. the not. I mean, it was hard at the beginning of our <laughs> yes. marriage. As, as I've as we've both grown, and as I've grown in particular, I've I've realized the strength that Christina brings and the perspective that she brings. So, man, if you had met me 
17 years ago, my <laughs> empathy level would not be where it is right now. <laughs> and I think that, you know, to my social worker, counselor, <laughs> Enneagram, you know, two wing wife in that way. But you know, what's really interesting, Krista, going back to that idea um, on the shape shifting side of things, because, you know, we've like, we've actually experienced moments where Christina, maybe you've been because of that aggressive stance, mm-hmm. you've been a little bit um, more harsh with one of our oh, kids and sure. didn't realize exactly. it. Oh, um, yeah. And and like as much as I'm a four wing, like the two-ness of my three kind of came up, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, oh, Christina, what do you think about this? So it's it it's so interesting. Yeah. And, and that's kind of that whole wow. piece of oh, like how we how we meet each other yeah. where we need to be and and when we kind of flip one way how the the one spouse goes that other way and how when we flip the other way the other spouse goes that way too so yeah oh i love gosh. how you're talking about accepting influence because mm-hmm. going back to culture that isn't necessarily something that would be coming out naturally i think as asians oh, yeah. it's quite oh, patriarchal yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. especially as a korean mm-hmm. yeah i mean very that- very patriarchal but that that's inner work for me to uh-huh. recognizing mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. default and how i view power oh, is unhealthy Healthy, yes, right. As a it's four unhealthy. wing, you could yes. do that in, in a bad way, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, completely right. And then with my role at, um, you know, with what I every what I've accomplished in my role at mm-hmm. the church as a pastor and and all that, it's just like, man, I could see this going negative really fast. Yes. So it's for me, it's dying to myself daily yeah. and saying, yeah, you know what? As much as my default is this, and I have the cards stacked against me as a Korean and as a, you know, et cetera, go down the line. It's like, oh, no, okay. Yeah. But does Jesus view power in this way? Right. Does Jesus mm. view the marital relationship in this way? Does he view parenting in this way? And actually mm. realizing how countercultural that is. Uh, it's that's that's been a lot of the the inner work and just surrendering to Jesus on my part. Yeah, you've been doing a, an amazing job with that too. Like it's one thing to recognize it; it's another thing to be able to actually do the work and dismantle uh, things that have yeah that really we grew up in. Yeah, right? that's right. Yes. And I think that from the, of course, still outsider perspective, but the, the way I've gotten fairly close to the heart of my Korean American friends or Chinese American friends, I'm realizing that there may be a very a wingless three quality, um, whereas the wings are buried for that culture to a degree. So for you guys to unlock these wings uh, of the depths of the heart that is there, culturally, it's just beautiful work to see. And I also love how you guys reminded me of how Daniel with his four space can sometimes catch things on the deeper level uh, where he's taking in things textually and maybe from a depth perspective so that when Christina's hustling and bustling as a busy three wing two, that Daniel can be the one to stop her and say, oh, wow, I felt something really deep here. So I love your pairing. You guys are beautiful. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely has its bright sides and then it has its, you know, explosive sides. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I Especially think they, when we've both gone to nine in uh, unhealth and shut down. Oh yeah, we could talk lots about conflict too. <laughs> There's so much, Krista. Yes. I know. I'm like, okay, I have like a million more questions, but I know we're wrapping up. So I want to make sure we get to talk about your freebie because not only are we excited about Daniel's book, and I have to tell my audience because I get them on different books. I am a seven host. So I've got them on a Gottman mode right now, but (laughs) we are moving into Daniel's book after this. So, so briefly, would you tell us once again, the name of your book and a little bit about your freebie? 
Awesome. Yeah. So the book is called You Are What You Do and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love. So just in a quick snapshot, the mm -hmm. culture that we are living in right now, uh, the ideal is freedom and flexibility. It's like, how do we live a life of ultimate freedom and flexibility? And there's a lot of different uh, cultural reasons as to why that is the water that we are uh, mm -hmm. swimming in at the moment. So in as a result of this unique cultural moment that we're in, there are these seven lies that we often build our lives off of. You are what you do is being one of them. You are who you raise as being another. Um, and then there are five others that I talk about in the book. So yeah, I mean, this, it really is a roadmap to, uh, like we were saying earlier, identify and name the lies that we've believed and unhealthily mm -hmm. been building our lives off of and just recognize what the truth is on the other side. Yeah. And um, just as Daniel was putting this book proposal together a couple of years ago, I remember him talking about the lies and unpacking it and seeing, like you're saying, maybe in his wing four, being able to see the nuances of what's going on. And I literally looked at it and I was like, uh, I need this book. So please write this. because I don't know what to do. <laughs> Help me please. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we really hope and pray that it would just be able to shed some light maybe on some of the, on some of the lies on some of the things that we uh, yeah. didn't even know that we were believing and living out. From. Well, and, and the unique mm -hmm. thing is it, it released a month before the pandemic hmm. and I wrote it in a non-pandemic world. And after the fact, you know, just coming back around and being like, okay, what does this mean? I mean, the unemployment rate right now in our province is 20%, oh, wow. right? And you look at the unemployment rate in America in Canada, and then all the stimulus bills and what the government mm -hmm. is trying to do to inject all of that, you know, uh, you know, increase the economy and all that stuff. But, you know, regardless of all that, I mean, just from a work perspective, mm -hmm. I mean, we are in a time where the things that we have relied on mm -hmm. up until the pandemic in and through the pandemic, we've realized, Hey, actually it's not not as firm of a foundation as I, I once thought. Mm -hmm. So the idea with the book mm -hmm. is that it's just helping you uncover, okay, yeah, this is how I've like, I'll just call it out, right? Just name it. This is the lie that I've believed and I've been mm -hmm. living my life off mm -hmm. of. But is that mm -hmm. it? Like, you just want to stay there? Or do you want to experience freedom on the other side? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the hope uh, and the prayer mm -hmm. for the book. I'm yeah. so glad that God brought that book at the perfect timing when we needed it as a world. You're absolutely right. Thank you for listening. And it's, yeah, uh, I'm, it's a, it's, it's been uh, quite the journey. <laughs> oh, wow. so, I love it yeah. <laughs> to all, to all encompass that. Yeah. It's been a journey. <laughs> yes. Quite the journey. So thank you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. We just appreciate you doing that work with God where you were really letting him lead so that it would be nailed at the exact time that it was mm. needed. And I love that your wife was like, write it. I need it. So thank yeah. you, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> thank you baby yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh and you guys are keeping each other so well fed with your amazing gift guide so tell us a little bit about that too because when I read that I was blown away and I have a critical one side and so I was like I don't know what this is going to be like because I really see a lot of as we all do beautiful but also sometimes very basic memes about Enneagram types mm -hmm. and when I read your freebie I was blown away by the detail you put into how to really show love in a gift way for others. So tell us a little bit about how we can get that too. 
Sure. Uh, the freebie that we want to offer to you and your podcast audience is called The Perfect Gift for Every Enneagram Type. Mm-hmm. And uh, the part of the reason why we put this together is because, first of all, we love gifts. We love receiving mm-hmm. gifts. We love getting gifts. <laughs> but have you ever, Krista, think about this. Have you ever received a gift where you felt known? You felt mm-hmm. seen? You felt validated? Mm-hmm. And I can think mm-hmm. of a few of those times where I'm like, wow, how did you even know that about me? Like you are bearing into my soul with yes. this gift and how meaningful and how that relationship even just cultivates even deeper because of a simple act of gift giving. It doesn't even have to be something huge, right? And so we wanted to offer that to people wow. of the, especially in this time where we really do need to celebrate. We need to celebrate mm-hmm. the little, we need to celebrate the big because mm-hmm. that can just be so powerful during our grief as well when everything else is different. And so you can grab that uh, freebie at between.org slash printables. That's P-R-I-N-T-A-B-L-E-S. And we just have that for y'all to be able to look and see what gift that you can give your loved one, a coworker, a family member, your child, to be able to tell them that they are seen, known, mm-hmm. and loved by you and others. And also, honestly, we've had other people who've sent it to their loved ones being like, please get me this gift. Like, get me gift cards. Don't get me soap. Uh, <laughs> or there's like, yes. don't you dare get me gift cards cards, get me something handmade. And so it goes both ways. So we really hope that it'll be an Mm. asset uh, and a a blessing to all those um, who you know and love and want to show that you love and celebrate them too. Oh my gosh. Well, Wes has already received his copy. Don't worry. That's awesome. Yeah, I like, yeah. Yes, I was very cryptically. I don't know why, but my brain went to a very cryptic place when you said like what not to do it. I was like already going there. I'm like, yes, I remember gifts I didn't like. And you're like, you didn't even say that yet. I'm like, I remember when Wes got me the minivan. (laughs) And all my kids jumped for joy because now we would have a place to carpool their friends. And he was like, I traded your SUV in for minivan. And I'm like... And the video games are in the back seat for them. And I'm just like, oh, Lord, help me. So, you know, it was good. It was good. It was just prior to the pandemic at my 40th birthday. And I was like, this is what I deserve. I need I need to slow down. I need this gift. But like, it was funny because sometimes our loved ones mean well, and they give gifts that keep on giving and God knows right. what you need. Um, but when you can get it right, it's even better. Let me just tell you. So please get this and uh, also be listening to their amazing podcast. Tell them where they can find that too. You can find our podcast wherever you can find podcasts, but also if you want to go to our website to look at, we have over 150 episodes now, I think. Hey, babe, you can go to inbetween.org. I am is our last name. So inbetween.org. Oh, beautiful. I love their podcast, guys. Their guests are amazing. They're amazing. As you can see, I mean, they're so much fun and full of vibrancy. So I'm so grateful. And thank you guys again for coming. Thank you so much for having us, Krista. It's been a joy. Oh, thanks. Well, you guys heard it from them. I hope you will get their amazing freebie. It is awesome and it is available right now for you so you don't have to second guess what to get your loved ones for their Enneagram gifts, for their birthdays, for the anniversaries. And we know this year we're more dependent on those gifts because sometimes we're just stuck indoors completely. So also Daniel's book makes a great gift for an assertive person in your life or a person who's struggling with self-esteem. You are what you do and six other lies about work, life, and love. I hope you like it as much as I did. And this 
episode as much as I had fun recording it because if so, you are going to head over to In Between Podcast and check out more with Daniel and Christina, I hope, or their lovely Instagram where they have a lot of fun and brighten up my week pretty much on a weekly basis. So I'm grateful and I'm grateful for you. I hope that if you are struggling in your marriage, that you will find the Enneagram Glow Guides at enneagramandmarriage.com and that you will truly make sure that you reach out to us if you need support in any way over at enneagramandmarriage.com. And I know the world of counselors and coaches is filling up, but we are making our ways to still helping people. And it's been a delight to serve with other counselors and coaches through the world in this crisis. And I'm just so blessed. And my husband, Wes, who's serving people with their health needs and mental health needs to some degree as well as he treats them with with medicines. So we're all working as a team. I know you guys are going out into your day to work as a team with your family. Keep that up. Keep your eyes focused on what's really important out there. Okay. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.